Welcome to the Be Better Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Perkins. Today's episode is called Be Better with the Men's Panel. Today, we are going to be discussing how women can help men be better in relationships, meaning marriages and dating. All right, let's get to it. I have three special guests, and they are from different generations, so you're going to get a great generational perspective. We have Tyrese Kemp, Ryan Perkins, and Dr. Richard Glover. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. How are you all of you feeling today? Great. Wonderful, sir. Thank you again for joining me and the knowledge you're about to share. Again, this podcast is about women, how they can help us men be better in marriages and dating. So the first question before we get going, please give us your elevator pitch of who you are. Tyrese, would you like to lead us? Sure. Um, I'm a dad of seven. I have a blended family. Um, Also in the corporate world uh, for a a major financial uh, company that's global. Um, I'm in leadership. Um, I also have done a little teaching uh, at, at a collegiate level. Um, and just, I'm no expert on women, and I'm sure we're all going to come up with some great things to say and share. And I'm hoping to learn from everybody as we get going. Very good. Mr. Ryan Perkins. Yes, yes. How y'all doing? Um, I go by Row 2 x my artist name. Um, I'm an artist based out of Oakland, California. Um, here with my brothers, good friends, and my family. Uh, discuss. Um, born in Connecticut, obviously live in Oakland now, and um, a veteran, eight years in the Air Force. Uh, got out 2016. Um, currently in school, got my audio certification degree in Baltimore, uh, in school, and now the Academy of Arts University in San Francisco. Still attending for audio production for visual media and still in school as we speak and just a music artist, pretty much. All right. Thank you for joining and, uh, joining us and thank you for your service, Dr. Richard Glover. Good evening. Thank you for inviting me to this. My name is uh, Dr. Richard Glover. My uh, doctorate is in business administration, however, I I identify myself professionally as a social worker. I have an MSW from Columbia University where I taught. I was on the faculty there for about 10 years. I also taught uh, public management, which is my real specialization within social work at John Jay College of Criminal Justice and NYU. Uh, my career has been focused on criminal justice. Oddly enough, in these times, school safety and emergency management is my specialization. I've been in that field for about 20 years, still upset about things that are happening in Texas and elsewhere around the uh, country and the world. I've been in corrections uh, and community safety collaborations. So I'm hoping to marry those two things together, which is school safety and emergency management with community community safety collaborations, because it's not the jobs of the cops, it's the jobs of all of us to kind of get together and make sure that our kids and our communities are safe. Thank you, gentlemen, for sharing. And those who may not know me, just joining our podcast for the first time, Dr. Anthony Perkins. Uh, just retired after 28 years in the education field. Now I am the CEO of Perk Up LLC, where I do uh, inspirational speaking. I work with companies as far as organizational training, improving their culture. And then I do some mindset coaching with individuals to get them to their next levels. Thank you, audience, for joining us. We have a great discussion ahead about, again, 
women helping men be better in relationships. So the first question, gentlemen, is let's um, keep things simple but effective. What are three things we can talk about during this podcast that um, we can give advice on, again, on how women can help men be better? Would one of them possibly be communication? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Can I write that down? Is that fair? Sure. Okay. What would be two others? I think we said planning. I think we said planning. We had um, planning, kind of uh, being a better planner. And then was there a self-awareness piece that we agreed to earlier? Self-reflection like that? Yeah. Is that... Do you guys remember? Yeah, we can put self-reflection and account- accountability in there. Is that fair? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay, so self-reflection and accountability slash accountability. So I have, we're going to talk about communication, planning, self-reflection slash accountability. So gentlemen, let's have a conversation about how women can help men be better with communication. Who would like to start us off? The oldest could go. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I I come right in on top of that one. <laughs> yeah, right. No, well, yeah. Mr. Carter, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, communication uh, just has so many facets, but I think that within uh, communication, we talked about uh, authenticity. Uh, you know, just having it's not just about talking because you can have small talk forever. And you can skirt around all the issues that are important to you and all the issues that issues that are significant in your relationship. But I think there's a time when you have uh, I think there needs to be um, nurtured in your relationship, a casual conversation where you just feel good about talking with each other and to each other. But I think there's another level where you have to be prepared to have those difficult conversations. And I think those are the times that lead to longevity and feeling good in your your relationship is that when you know that there's something on your mind that's bothering you and you can share it and have a productive conversation around it. And you know, when there's something on your partner's mind that you know that she may be holding back and you want to be that person with whom she can share it without feeling like she's going to be attacked. Those are great words of wisdom. I uh, appreciate them. It's key in relationships that you talk, like you said, about the good and the bad. And you can't have one of the partners saying, well, I don't want to talk about the bad. I just want to talk about the good and avoid the bad. Right. The bad will wink, wink, hopefully go away. That that does doesn't matter. Right. You have to talk about the whole gamut. Thanks, Other excuse me for a moment. I'll be right back. Okay. Ryan, what do you have for about communication? What have you experienced that could be uh, improved upon? Uh, I think still in the same boat, just um, when it comes to communication, you know, like I think we – I think we need to discuss with who we're dating or our partners about, you know, our way of communicating, you know, like how we can, you know, because a lot of people are like, you know, they don't know how to come off things, you know, like, how can I present this way? You know, how can I talk to you in a way that we could, you know, not seem like we're tearing down each other or making it seem, you know, out of taking it out of context. So I think communication just being straightforward with someone, especially in the beginning, you know, it, it just saves a lot of time and a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people who are scared to say these things because of how it might affect somebody, but, you know, they don't know in the long run, you know, it'll still affect them by not saying anything. So I think, you know, just being mature and communicating the 
the, you know, very important things up front is going to make the relationship just smooth out or, you know, the date is going to be. You know, it works for everybody. Exactly. Again, uh, being couples, dating, it's important to communicate. Uh, this new society loves the ghosting and they think no communication is communication, which is just 100 percent wrong. Be respectful of the other person and just say, hey, you're not my cup of tea. You're a nice person. Uh, I didn't want to ghost you. Uh, I wish you the best. And there's respectful ways to communicate bad news, whatever that is. So uh, I would encourage that uh, in relationships or getting to know someone. Uh, Tyrese, anything to add to the communication piece? For me, I'm, I'm, at, a, I'm at a more reflective phase of my life. Um, so for me, I'm trying to meet people where they are in their communication. And I agree with the communication within a relationship. Um, it's kind of like music. You got to have the music and the silence. That's what makes music, you know, feel good. It, it, it embodies some a type of emotion. It can connect with you. And I'm at that point where my wife and I, we communicate, but at the same time, we're still developing ourselves. So I guess for me with communications, just be kind with one another, be patient, be open, be honest, um, and understand that everybody is at their own particular place in time and try to meet them there for the communication versus, um, you know, sandbagging and all those type of things to make the communication worse. Um, that's kind of where I'm at right now in that reflective phase of my life. For I like the approaching people where they're at. Yes. Yep. There you go. And then building them up. Can I add one thing? Yes. And I feel like if you feel like you can't be communicative or 100% communicative, then just just work on yourself. Then just, you know, don't don't waste people's other time. If you feel like you can't give that out, then just just, just stay home, work on yourself, you know. Oh, I love that. Just 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 fix yourself before you, you go into a relationship. Very good. Anything else to add in communication before we move on? Yeah, I'd like, like to just uh, reiterate what Tyrese said, which is be kind. You know, that whatever the circumstances are, you just be kind. Even if it's uh, what would be characterized as a negative situation, that doesn't mean you have to be negative in it. You can be kind and let the situation kind of roll out like it's going to, you know, on its natural um, development, but don't add to any negativity by being mean-spirited, you know, in it yourself. Those are great words because how you approach someone could beat them up or build them up. Right. Uh, a technique I use in business, uh, when I sit down with employees that may be struggling with something, instead of basically calling them a liar, uh, I, I call them in and say, uh, one, I start with a positive. How's your day going? Everything going well? And then I get to the nitty gritty. Um, and the technique I use is uh, yesterday you said X. Uh, today you said Y. I just need some clarification on the difference of yesterday and today. Now, we can talk about it from there rather than me coming in a room. You lied. You lied. You lied. Then they're going to be defensive. They're not going to tell you the truth, et cetera, et cetera. So there's techniques on how to just approach people, figuring out their, their style and then approaching them per that style. So, All right. Anything else on communication before we move on? All right. Let's go to number two, planning. Uh, how can women help men be better in relationships? And the second item was planning. Uh, Ryan, I believe you brought that up. What do you mean by planning? Okay, so we could take planning as we could do planning and dating. So 
when it comes to dating, a lot of women, you know, they want a man that plans for them. They want, you know, that's what well, that's what a lot of here, you know, real women, that's that's what they want. So they want somebody to plan for them. They want to make sure that, you know, they're wanted, you know, they feel like they're interested in. So it goes both ways. So planning just it just makes everybody's like communication, makes everybody's life easier. We, you know, when we show that mutual interest, you know, interest like we wanna, you know, do things together and we wanna we wanna build, you know, it's just the blueprint, you know. Got to lay the blueprint down. We got to agree what, what we're going to work on, what things we need to bring into the house, what we need to do to, you know, make this this building work. So when it just comes to planning and that and it goes to not just dating, but, you know, in a relationship, you know, you don't want to you want to keep everybody, you know, you know, you know, I've said I want to say interested, but, you know, make it seem like you still is still love there. So planning just it goes longevity. So. So in other words, the one person in the party shouldn't go out and spend $40,000 without uh, consulting with the other. <laughs> Very good. What else can we talk about when it comes to planning? I could add a little bit more uh, on that from just personal experiences or things that I've seen amongst friends. Um, when you're entering a relationship, let's say it's new. Um, it's critical to talk about the things that are important for you, right? Uh, whether this kind of goes in the, that vein of planning where you, you have goals, where do you both see each other moving towards going down the road? If you have kids, uh, having an open conversation and plan how you proceed with how you're going to raise those kids. Because, I mean, if you have stepchildren, you don't know the parameters of the parent and how they would like to see you raise the children. So I think that's something uh, many people overlook. They don't really think about it until they're in the relationship with people, um, and, and it can cause some challenges. So to me, I, I think that that's utmost critical when it comes to planning. You know, if you're in a relationship where you're having individuals and kids of other individuals that are going to be amongst your family, you may want to take a moment and at least talk through what is that going to look like as we move forward and we begin to engage you, you, you crossbreed um, all of these relationships. How, what is that going to look like and how should that work? And what are my parameters towards raising the children that you may have? And here's how I feel about how my kids could be raised, you know, and I think that often that that is a conversational topic that's missed going into new relationships. Doc, any uh, addition to that? Uh, yeah, I'll throw in a couple of, of things. Uh, first of all, let me kind of just sign on to what everybody said so far. So planning, uh, I, when I think about planning, um, since my training is administration, I automatically go to strategic planning, right? And the, the some of the words you mentioned, right? Vision, mission, goals, objectives. I think all of those come in handy. It's a little harder to kind of, uh, fit that over a family planning situation, but some of the principles um, apply. But I do think that I, I wrote down four things that I think uh, can help that process. One is vision. You know, what is our vision? Just have a simple decision. Where do you see ourselves a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? You know, and just be real clear on what that vision is because it, it will help build your relationship. It's not a question of what's right and what's wrong but it can begin to define whether or not you're seeing the same thing. 
And that could be, if you don't clarify that in the beginning, your divergence could be around the fact that you never had the same vision to begin with. And then all of a sudden you start to blame each other for not going in the same direction. And that kind of leads to what are your values? What do you think is important? And we don't, in school, in college, you don't, you're not taught about values. You don't have conversations about values, but every single thing that you do and every decision you make has some value based. So I think it's a good time in your relationship to kind of force that conversation. What's important to you? What is it? Again, not what's right and what's wrong, but if one person values, say, worldly goods and other person values, you know, family and more intangible things, that's going to lead to some some uh, conflict. Not bad, no, not conflict is a ne- negative thing, but it's something that needs to be resolved, you know, in terms of what values are going to dominate, which is the third thing, kind of what are your priorities? So what is more important, having that house, having that nice car or having a family, having love in the family, strengthen your relationships? All those things are value based. So to share those, you know, to make those priorities, to reflect both your vision and your mission. And then finally, commitment. You know, once you get to some agreement in terms of what are our shared values, what are our shared visions, what are our shared priorities, then are we going to commit to doing this? Because it's going to be rough. It's rough enough on your own for those of you who are single and trying to get your own life together. You know how hard it is to commit to yourself. So think about trying to commit to yourself and somebody else for the long term. It ain't easy. <laughs> I think yeah, you said it, uh, Doc. Uh, joy and pain. <laughs> you got to be able. You got to be prepared for both, as Frankie Beverly said, <laughs> and you got to be prepared to, um, you know, deal with whatever comes. I just listened to that song too. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's my theme song. <laughs> Very good. So planning is huge, as we know. Not only surface level, as all of you are saying, but underneath the surface, that those deep levels. Meeting Long someone yet. and talking it out. Do you want kids? Do I want kids? Financials, uh, house, apartment. Are we traveling? Are we not traveling? Do we want the nice car or just the okay car? You know, what's this all look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, that. And what are we planning to do to execute these things? And yeah, what are we yeah. planning to do? And it takes mm-hmm. both of us. Would you agree to that? A hundred percent. Yeah. Exactly. I think some uh, sometimes we get duped into, okay, this is a great plan. And then I'm the only one doing the work or you're the only one doing the work. Mm-hmm. Very good. Before we move on uh, from planning, any other uh, gyms, more gyms for planning or can we move on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm on to the last piece. We talked about communication so far, planning. And now the last piece, self-reflection and accountability. This is a nice one. Let's talk about this. Who wants to start us off? I think the youngest should go. Oh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that. I like it because it's, it's, it's been something that's been on my mind lately, and I think it's, I think in a lot in the world is just what we need is self reflection and accountability. And I think a lot of this generation today, even our older generation, you know, is we have we lack problems on accountability and self reflection. So I think before you even date or even engage in anyone, I think you should take. I look in the mirror, you know, and just self-reflect, like, what do I need to work on? What is making me sad? You know, what is making me a problem, you know, that could be, if I get in a relationship, what is going to be, you know, the bad thing that might come out? You know, I need to work on myself before, you know, I get out there. Because, you you know, like they say, hurt people hurt people, which, you know, I believe. So, and, and, 
in my like past is, you know, it took a long time to heal. It took, I had to take, you know, a break from what I had to do because I knew what I wanted. I knew exactly what I wanted. So in, in order to gain what I wanted, I had to self-reflect and heal. So, and I had to take accountability and, you know, I can't, everybody can't point the finger like he did this, he did that, you know, you know, it might be more of a blame on somebody, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you're not perfect. So we all need to work on things, you know, to make it better for the person that we want to engage in or to attract a certain person to us because we don't want to go to somebody and they're not healed or they're not moved on from them X or they're just not, you know, they're even after like, you know, in a situation where they can't give you the time and, you know, it's just that people need to take the time and just realize, you know, hey, I need to work on myself before I make a fool of myself. Oh, I love that. I need to work on myself before I make a fool of myself. Love it. That's a gem. I love it. Yeah. I'm in but agreement. I can go on. <laughs> I'm in agreement with Ryan. And it, it I'm impressed that at your age you're already reflecting because I know I wasn't. I, at around your age, I was still ripping and running and reflection was the last thing on my mind, you know. Um, where I'm at now, when my birthday comes around, I'll take a few minutes and, and kind of think back because what I've began to accept is we're humans and the way we learn through life is through the failure and figuring out the lesson in it, embracing it, and then trying again until you get it right. Um, from the time you're born as a baby, you're crawling before you can pull yourself up and begin to walk and then you can run. There's there's stages and phases to life that always seems to travel through that failure. So I like to go back in my life and I, I often reflect and then just little moments and see what I can learn from those moments and, and see if it's something that I can apply to my life now just to make that small improvement. And that's something I'm not, I'm doing not only for myself, but for those around me, because, you know, there's echo chambers in this world now where you can go down a rabbit's hole and you'll be gone and you'll think you're right because there's 80,000 other people out there that think that that type of thinking is right as well. So, you know, there's a lot going on. And one of the main things, the reflective thing, it really rings loud with me because you begin to understand how much you really don't understand when you start reflecting and going back and going, oh, okay, now that was off. Okay, let me go look at this thing and what else do I need to know about, you know? So that's a, a definitely a must-have going into a relationship or trying to share your life with someone. Yeah, well, to carry on uh, from that sentiment, um, I think you don't give yourself enough credit, Tyrus, which is a lot of people uh, go through life and fail and don't learn from those lessons. So just the fact that you realize that failures are the opportunity to learn and to grow is an important part of the process, because a lot of people, when they fail, start blaming everybody else and dig themselves deeper into their, their shell and shut off any any potential for self-reflection. Uh, the, when, I, when you asked the question or when we brought up the topic, I just got into the word reflection, right? So I've always been kind of a self-reflective person, almost to a fault, where sometimes my looking inside um, hampered me from looking outside and looking at other people, right? And that can be another uh, weakness of that is that if you spend too much time in your head and thinking about yourself, you can you can not connect properly with other people because I found that it's also a good way to build up defensives. 
Like if you if you know yourself so well, you can say, okay, this is coming. I know what I can do here. That's coming. I know what I can do there. So I think that self-reflection has to have some kind of humility and, and, and bravery, if you will, to kind of say, okay, I know I can get hurt here. I know me, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, so that part. The other part of reflection that I got is um, that I think you see, we see ourselves reflected in other people. And I think the key is to be, so not only self-reflection, but any reflection, you know, be careful about who you let reflect who you are. You know, I look at my wife and I see a beautiful, positive me. And if I want to talk about how women can support men, that is be that mirror that you hold up to your mate to say, hey, you are a beautiful person. I hear they know you, they hear you. And what they reflect back on you is not what you're sending out to them. They're sending back something much more positive and, and building and strengthening to you. And I think that's a gift. And if you know in your life, those people who, when you bring your worst, reflects your best back to you, that those are going to be the people that you want to have in your life. Yeah, I like that. I love these words because I think they all, all, all this information rings true. I used to think it was a generational thing, but now I think it's a societal thing where you have every generation kind of participating in or not participating in that self-reflection piece before they step out and do something. Uh, right. There's a reason why some people are single, maybe through a divorce or just filled relationships. And you got to look at, you know, look in the mirror and say, okay, what am I doing wrong? Why, you know, there's a reason why I'm still maybe single. Um, and when you get out, as Ryan said, of a relationship, take some time off, build yourself back up, reflect, fix yourself, then you're at 100 percent to move on to others. So great words. Any final thoughts on self-reflection and um, accountability? No, I'm if good. not, we talked about Tyrese. No, I, I was saying I'm good. OK, Pardon me one more second. My apologies. OK, so we talked about three areas, communication, planning, self-reflection and accountability. Thank you, gentlemen, for that. Women, uh, we hope you. Uh, reflect on this these words of wisdom and incorporate some of this into your relationships. Let's move on to, is this true or false? We're going to play a little game. So I'm going to bring it. Before we go into the game, could I just bring up one more point? You sure can. From our last conversation. Okay. One, one is, and that is the whole idea of what, living your authentic relationship, right? Which is, and it's, it's come up in this conversation, which is you can kind of look out into social media and media and see anything uh, kind of have such a narrow feedback loop that anything that you believe can be fed back to you. And I would just say that in a relationship, any one-on-one -on -one relationship, any family relationship, it's, it's critical that you define the parameters of your relationship. You define what's real, that you don't try to live what you saw on Love and Hip Hop, that you don't try to reflect what is, you know, in the movies and if, whether it's on social media, the love uh, cable TV, any network TV, I don't care what. There are all these fantasies out there uh, pr presented to you by people who aren't even living them themselves. Right. So. It, I think that to, I have longevity. I've been married 40 years, right? And the only way that my wife and I made it this long is because we have kind of taken the hits of, of, of all these things that came in that could have disturbed and possibly destroyed our relationship and used them as building blocks. You know, got through it, felt the pain, you know, to come through to the joy, had those difficult conversations and defined, you know, 
But once we checked each other, our values still the same, check. You know, our vision still the same, yes. Our priorities still the same, right. Then what's our commitment? Our commitment is to make this work. At any point in any of those conversations, we could have walked, right? So, you know, don't let somebody else, especially your cousin, you know, your in-laws, and definitely somebody who hasn't been, who been out of, who's um, been divorced or broken up for five or six or seven relationships, come and give you advice. You know, you want to ask yourself, who's giving you advice? You haven't kept anybody in your life for more than six months. So why would I listen to you? you <laughs> From go. a marriage standpoint. From a marriage standpoint. So I, I would just say, you know, live your authentic relationship, be real with each other, deal with what your current reality is and go forward from there. So if it doesn't work out, you know, it's because of you and her. Right. And not because of you and her and somebody else. <laughs> so that that's one thing. Uh, the other uh, principle I like to introduce is one that I it kind of goes with self-reflection It's uh, the principle. I try to run all of my affairs and the CQI. Continuous quality improvement, continuous quality improvement. Every day I try to make myself better. I know you've seen the memes, right? Who am I competing with? I'm competing with myself. You know, who are we competing with in our relationship? We're competing with ourselves. Can we do better tomorrow, today than we did yesterday? Can we do better tomorrow than we did today? So continuously, and that takes self-reflection. You you can't have CQI without self-reflection and self-assessment. Is not only looking at yourself, but judging yourself. Couldn't I have done better? You know, why did I do this? Why didn't I do that? And really embracing that as the opportunity to grow and to be better and just accept we are human. We have flaws. That's that's our nature. But we also it is also our nature to be able to do better when we set our mind to it. I think I think knowing yourself and finding who you really are is the most powerful thing you can do. Yes. And it, it definitely helps when you're dealing with somebody else. It's like if we both become that same, have that same mindset of finding who we are and being powerful, it's like like it's like a god and a goddess. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the vibrations and the energy is just going to be magnified, you know? Yeah, I think absolutely. And connecting with your partner that has a lot of your similar characteristics, yet they could do some independent things, too. And that's OK. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my wife is entirely independent. <laughs> yeah, I, I can say that we uh, probably every five years or the 40, we say, how do we stay together this long? <laughs> we, have, we don't like the same movies. We don't like to do the same thing. We just love each other. There you go. <laughs> so none of that other stuff matters. <laughs> Meeting each other where you are. Let's transition yeah, to a game exactly. called True or False. Okay. I am going to bring up, this is a survey I pulled up about relationships and I'm curious um, if you guys think these are true statements or false. The first statement is there's one person for everyone. True or false? Like like one like a soulmate? Yes. Uh, I would say like in the journey I'm in now and the way I feel, I think yes. I think there's I think there's a twin flame out there. I think there's, you know. And me, I, I think, you know, beyond stuff, I think like, you know, like, you know, the past life, you know, finding that, you know, like the Neo and Trinity type thing, like, you know, how he 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 went in the next world, found her again in the next, you know, it's just a reoccurring thing. And I think that energy that, you know, that instilled in ourselves in the past life and this life, and, you know, once we, we find out who, you know, who that matching twin flame is, I, I think it's always one person for everybody. So. I got a different take on it. Um, 
which is it's a little abstract for me because if you had uh, told me the woman I, who I've spent 40 years was 40 years ago was that one person for me, I would she would have laughed you out the room. <laughs> she was said, ain't no way that's no, that she didn't even like me when we first met. But uh, I think there's that what there is one person out there who, if you're lucky that you can find who you can commit to and make that person your one person for the rest of your life. You know, spirit, I think that probably cosmically it, to go to what Ryan was saying, um, without us being able to identify in each other when we met each other, that I don't think I could have done what I've done and gotten as far as I could have without exactly her. Now, whether or not she's the only person that's there, I'm not sure, but she is definitely the person that I needed to find at the time that I found her. Right. For me, it, it's more of you have to kind of tie it in with the work. I, I feel like a relationship, yeah, you're going to find someone you might be attractive to them. They might be beautiful. The guy might be handsome. Um, but until you start talking and putting in that work, I don't know. I don't know if you can just say, Puff, you know, I, I love you and want to get married tomorrow. You got to have that work, man, for that to work. And there's it, a lot of energy that goes into really falling in love with somebody and building that trust and having the mindset of you never, you're never leaving. If you pack and I'm packing my bag and I'm going to tell you where we going, you know, <laughs> and having that commitment, yeah. you're going to figure this out no matter what. And I've been married 11 years now with Jay for 18. So I've been with this woman for a long time. And I think we kind of share that same sentiment. There's those ups and downs, but if you can't get those ups and downs, right. And, and be able to come together and connect and work through those difficult times and enjoy the good ones. I don't know if you can just say I'm in love and be married the next day. It, I feel like it has to come with that work. I think it's the people that grow on you that 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 become like you know when you attract to someone I'm like oh, I really like her she's be- very beautiful and then you know it's not it's not there but then it's like the people you don't really pay attention to and then they start growing on you and you like That's right wow and you know it's crazy how that works and you're like wow I never even looked at you know her like before and it's like now it's like different. Mm-hmm. Maybe I think that's because you're elevating every day in a you know in a different situation in life. So now you see things differently when it comes to a person. So yeah, gentlemen, the survey says, and this is their response, and it's only one survey. You ready for it? And this is their words. This is this is hilarious. Yep. They go one person out of billions. They go hell no, y'all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> uh, now we um, all know that there's couples that look like they're soulmates, so uh, I think it's right. a I think it's a mixed bag. Number two, yeah, I thought that funny. That was a hilarious response. Yeah. Number two, doubt means don't. True or false? Doubt means don't in a relationship. Wait, say that again. Doubt. Sometimes. Means doubt, don't, don't. Mm. Well, to me, without doubt, you don't have trust. If you're 100 percent sure somebody's going to do something, then there's no need to trust them. I think trust is built upon doubt. So, uh, you, you know, if you're doing something that's trustworthy, but the other person doubts it, then, you know, if you think it's the right thing to do, I think you should go ahead and do it. Uh, you know, if you know it's wrong, going back to self-reflection, if you have doubt in terms of whether or not you should be doing it, then maybe it means don't. But I don't think doubt as a general characteristic of a relationship should mean don't. As long as you're being trustworthy. So you, I, I, you I, really I, mean I, I vote for that answer. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so you're saying red flags means no. That's what you mean to say. Right. That's what this. Now, I'm going to give you the answer. The survey kind of it's a mixed bag where it says if you have some major red flags, obviously yeah. they listen to the red okay. flags, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. 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 Jeez, and the the partner's lot. been with six guys in the last week. OK, that, that's, that's common sense red flag right there. Yeah. It says, have some nagging doubts about your relationship while listening to your gut is valuable and legit. There's also the real possibility that there are other issues at play. So it's a mixed bag mm -hmm. as it goes on and on. So the red flags they bring up are abuse, addiction and other differences. Let's go to the yeah. third uh, question. To me, that's not doubt, by the way. That's just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Number three, true or false? You need to be a hundred percent sure when you get married. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. Where's your Friday? Say false on that one. <laughs> yeah, I say so false. The Wale song, the Wale song, the matrimony. You know, he was talking about. You know, nobody's ever ready for growth. Nobody's you know really ready. You have to like, you know, when it's uncomfortable. You know, when you're uncomfortable, that means it's growth. So it's like mm -hmm. nobody's going to jump into something knowing they're 100 percent ready. They know, you know, that's what they want and they're willing to sacrifice, you know, to get there, you know. But I think, you know, nobody's going to be 100 percent ready. I agree. Even yeah. having a baby, nobody's 100 percent ready. I don't care how much yeah. money you've got, you know, what yeah. you've been through. Nobody's ever ready for those situations. So. Ding, ding, ding. You guys got it right. The answer yeah. is, oh, gosh, no. Who among <laughs> us is ever 100 percent sure about anything? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, especially marriage. You ain't ready if you're 100% sure. <laughs> you haven't thought it through. <laughs> Number four, you need to always feel a spark. Uh, it would be nice. I'm an advocate for spark. Yeah, I'm, I'm a spark advocate. Okay. Can you have input? I think spark will become like what, affirmations, you know, speaking to your partner, letting you know it's still love there. So spark, I mean... I, I, yeah, it has to be a spark. You know, I guess every day, you know, just let you know your partner. Know. I mean, it might go to them days where, you 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 know, them days where you don't talk and you guys are mad at each other. But, you know, there's love there. But you do a little things to show that, you know, it's still love there. You know, I think spark does help because people, uh, different people, depending on who it is, need reinsurance. So people definitely need reinsurance and love, you know, based on their past relationships and just, just affirmation. I feel then... I would have to say always a spark, not necessarily, but you want to have some sparks um, to kind of recharge the engine. Like for Jay and I, spark, it might be running over to California and sitting on the beach and chilling out, eating some really great food and hearing the waves roll in. Like, And that's kind of like a recharge. So, yeah, you want to still capture those and create those moments. But it, if it was every day, I don't know. How would I know when there's a lull? I think that would yeah. be weird, you know? Yeah, well, I, I draw the parallel. I have a gas stove and it has an electric electronic ignition, right? So when you want to turn the spark on and get some flame, just turn the button. You know, right? right? But it ain't on. It ain't on all the time. Right. Right. <laughs> but it's good to know it's there, That's and that right. the flame will come and will come hot. I like that. The survey's answer is this is interesting. They respond by saying this is a tough one. We all want to feel love and feel loved. But love and excitement are different things. Love, as it grows, deepens and expands. So I think all of you hit it on the head. The last question, number five. This is an interesting one. Uh-oh, here it is. You need to have tons of sex to have a good relationship. 
True or false? I'm, a, I'm an advocate for sex. <laughs> I'm still an advocate. I, I don't think. But I, it's not like a yeah. must. Yeah. As far as every day, uh, I got other stuff to do. Yeah, yeah. I think it depends yeah. on person. Everybody's different. So everybody, yeah. everybody's a, one, one could be a sexaholic, one could be not. You know, like I would say me, like, you know, I love it, but. I, when I was in a relationship, I never really pressed for it like that because to me, I like to let things like last. I don't want to like burn out. You know, I don't want to burn it out. You know what I'm saying? Because people get, you never know, people get tired of people fast. So you want to make things last. You don't want to keep, you know, you know, but then when you're having sex every day, then you're kind of looking like, okay, that's uh, a little suspect. You have, you want to have sex every day. Like, all right, relax. You know? <laughs> to each his own, to each his own. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure we all yeah. met, um, high energy women. Some I've met a few in my life where they wanted it every day. And I was like, Oh my God. I don't know if I can keep up with you. Yeah. yeah. I, I, seriously. I, I think that if sex begins to become a substitute uh, for the things that really keep a relationship together, like love and caring and sharing and concern, then it can actually become problematic. You know, yeah. I think that, Sex with the right rhythms and the right times and the right kind of connection where you're both feeling it, you kind of both want it, it is a beautiful thing and it can help sustain a relationship. But when it becomes the thing, it's a problem. Exactly. Go ahead. It it helps you to remain and feel connected. I don't I don't know. Like it might go for um, a little while. But when you get back together and you get to make love to your woman, I, I feel like that's that bond. Like. I don't know. It pulls you a little bit closer to. Yeah. And Doc, you said in the last conversation, touch. Touch is just important. And sometimes touch can be as significant as sex, whether it goes any further or not. It says that when you cuddle, when you feel each other, when you hug, all of that can kind of be part of, to me, in in the context of marriage, sex. It's just that physical connection. And the survey says, no, you do not need to have tons of sex to have a good relationship. You guys hit the nail on the head with uh, kind of monitor and adjust how each other's feeling, et cetera, along those lines. All right. Thank you for playing true or false. Do you guys think technology is hurting or helping relationships? Majority is hurting. But you, you um. It's like you said before, um, when you see everybody doing that and, you know, a couple doing this and, you know, they get that 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 projected image in their head. Like, that's how it's supposed to be. Like, it's not like I think you talked about it before about living in your own reality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like living like, yeah, we talked about it. Yeah. Living in your own. So it's like we both know, like we can't live off that because even if it was Instagram or anything like that happened to disappear, you know, you telling me that, you know, looking at all that stuff and you don't have no, you know, no stuff, you know, for yourself, you know, to think about. So it's like, no, I can't, I can't. The technology is definitely, is definitely killing a lot of, you know, a lot of relationships and a lot of things. Do you think it's because of, of people have so much access of other things and they think the grass is greener on the other side? So someone's yeah. acting bad in a relationship. Oh, I can just go over here and get better. Yeah. I've watched I've watched some movies with my wife and she's watched them without me. And I can almost tell after the movie 
why don't we ever do this? Ah. Right? Ah. <laughs> or, or, you know, it's, it's, and I've done the same thing. It's like, why can't I be that guy? You know, yeah. to kind of sweep her off her feet, give her the ring, take her on the vacation, to go horseback riding, do the breakfast in bed. And, you know, that's kind of, if I did that every day, my wife would look at me like I was great. Like, what'd you do wrong? But still, in, even in my mind, being conscious of this, it's still the people in Hollywood are very alluring. The people on social media feeds, these algorithms are very powerful. So yeah. you just begin to believe that that's if that's not who you are, it's who you should be. And I and and I, and I sign on to what Ryan was saying is that after a while, the more you you inculcate that, right, it just becomes more and more part of your thought process without yeah. even knowing it. It's hard to break out. I definitely think it's damaging relationships. Um, the addictive nature of it in itself. Um, you could be trying to speak to your spouse and maybe they're on their phone or vice versa. They trying to talk to you and you're on your phone doing what you want to do. Um, it's in your pocket and it buzzes. Oh, what happened? Did I get a text message? Did I get right now? I feel that phone, man. It's, it's starting to take over, um, in a bad way, you know? Yes. I see the value, but I also see the destruction that goes along with that value add. There you mm-hmm. go. And I, I side on, it's more destructive versus helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Last question. Last question. If you were king for a day, what one thing would you change when it comes to relationships? And remember, it's women helping men be better in relationships. I could stumble through my initial thoughts. Maybe you guys can save me if I go too far off the off the track. Um, I I just think time is the most critical thing. Um, at my company, there's a circumstance that if let's say a man and wife works for this company and they end up conceiving, they give both parents uh, time off, maternity and paternity leave, um, up to a year. So now you have time to kind of spend with your family, grow, develop. The child can have the necessary attention it needs. Um, all of those components, to me, I, I think that's probably if I were king for a day, that would be like mandatory across the board is to ensure that parents have enough time to be around their children to make sure they get the proper influence. I'm still working on mine. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a tough one. Um, I know I had an answer last time, but you guys gave me so much to think about. That, yeah, yeah I, I think I've changed my. I changed my idea. I, I, I think if there was any one thing I could change in terms of relationships, is that people just really learn how to, or accept the fact that a strong relationship is built upon the strength of the two people in it. Period. That there is nothing outside. There is no there is no counselor who ultimately is going to make you get together. There's no TV show. There's no magic anything out there. The magic is in you and it's in that commitment. And if you two commit to each other, you'll be willing to go through the stuff that keeps you together. And if you you determine that you really can't do that, then you leave amicably. But we have this idea, uh, a relatively new one, that marriage is the only way and marriage is forever. And, you know, that's a r- relatively new concept in, in civilization. And that um, I think it's, people believe it's automatic. 
excuse me for rambling for a second, but we look at Hollywood, we look into social media and uh, all these people are getting together and people are loving it. And then five, two years, three years, five years now, when they break up, we're surprised. I'm never surprised, right? I'm surprised at those people who make it for 10, 20, 30, 40 years and more because I know how much work it takes. So if I was king for a day, I would I would kind of kind of force relationships to say, hey, we're going to live with each other. We're going to do what comes, but everything that we do is going to be based upon what we see for each other and what we agree amongst each other, not because the world is telling us this is the way it's supposed to be. Mr. Ryan, King for a day. Um, King for a day. It's really difficult for me because, you know, it's been a while since I've been in a relationship. So I would say the uh, King for the day, I would probably say, I would say probably make her queen for the day. Let her, you know, let her, you know, you know, do her thing, you know, playing that, you know, you know, let her have her day, you know, like, you know, with, with you, you know, with, you know, let her like have her day, you know, how she will plan for you, you know, let her, you know, do her thing. I'm I'm trying to figure it out, but I, I think that's the only one I could come up with. I like to add as a single gentleman dating and wanting to be in a relationship, I get frustrated on dating apps and this is how women can help men be better. Just be your authentic self on the dating app. Show that full body picture of that you're currently, uh, you know, you're, you're, it's a current picture. Uh, take the sunglasses off because the eyes are the gateway to the face. Uh, don't do that little top angle picture trying to trying to be skinny when you know you're not skinny. Just be again your authentic self. And um, don't 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 have multiple pictures where there's two people in the picture because I can't tell who you are. <laughs> have that single picture so I know you're Jennifer or you're Denise or whatever your name is. Uh, just be your authentic self. Gentlemen, I'm going to close out. Um, I do want to leave the audience with two resources, however. Uh, audience, there are two resources. Dr. John Van Epp, you can uh, look him up on YouTube. He also has many journals on, on the Internet. Dr. John Van Epp. He does a relationship attachment model, again, a relationship attachment model. He talks about the five bonds. And what the first one is knowing, the second one trusting, the third one relying, the fourth one committing, and then finally the fifth one, touch. We tend to, as a society, run to that touch piece before we even know you very well. And that could cause issues if you don't go through the five bonds. He's, again, a PhD in this area. He's been doing it for many, many years. And then the second one is the love languages. It's a book that has, that has been out, the five love, love languages. It's been out for many, many years, and it's a great book to, um, you know, you have to buy the book. You can go online and find a lot of articles on the five love languages and connecting. The goal is to try to connect with a partner that has a similar or similar love languages. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time and effort, your knowledge, your wisdom. You left the audience. I really appreciate you. If all of you can stay online real quick after I, uh, Stop recording. That would be appreciated. But you guys have a good rest of your weekend. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Thank you.